Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus did. Well, I have the privilege of interviewing a local pastor in the Portland area today from Lake Bible Church, Brian Overholt. Brian was blessed to have been raised in a Christian home and is the worship pastor for Lake Bible Church. He also does graphic design and IT technology support and loves to study and teach apologetics. He and his wife, Becky, of 16 years have four children, and he always enjoys a long walk on the beach, as long as it includes a discussion about ultimate meaning of life, the Bible, or intelligent design. Brian, welcome to the show. All right, it's great to be here. Thank you. So, Brian, tell us about your own story in apologetics. What got you started, and what has been the most impactful on you so far? Well, it all really started with my dad. He probably wouldn't have said that he tried to teach me apologetics or train me in any way uh, like that. He he probably didn't think about it in those terms. He just wanted me to be a, be thoughtful about how I was following Christ. And uh, but he mm. he would take me out to breakfast in the mornings, and uh, he would ask lots of really thoughtful questions that I didn't know the answers to. And uh, sometimes walk me through what he his best answer was for those things, or sometimes just kind of let me figure it out and get back to him. And that really sparked my my interest in what I would later learn was called apologetics. Hmm. And uh, and really, I, in, uh, apologetics in general has had a huge impact on me, uh, especially as I got older and went into college. Because in college, you know, my faith was tested repeatedly. There's, there's lots of opportunity for temptation in college, as I think most of us probably yes. <laughs> have, have seen. So especially for uh, a young, fit man who's a lot better looking than I am now. And, uh, and those temptations really made me at the time step back and ask, how much do I really believe in the Bible and in Christianity? Because... Mm. If it was all just a load of nonsense, uh, it was costing me a lot in the way of activities and relationships that seemed like they might be very enjoyable. Mm. So, But as I started to ask those questions, it was really the apologetics for the resurrection of Jesus and for the existence of God that really held me because I couldn't honestly disregard the facts that upheld those realities that I already knew. So when temptation prompted me to try to convince myself that maybe the Gospels were simply profound fairy tales. It was the apologetic answers to those questions that I had already learned that kept me from ever being able to honestly convince myself that the resurrection was just a story or that God didn't really exist. So mm-hmm. I would have been pretending if I, if I had uh, gone on to deny those things. I already knew too much mm-hmm. uh, to be honestly convinced. So apologetics really held me during that time. What a blessing to have a dad who invested in you, who understood that, you know, just reading the Bible sometimes doesn't engage us 
enough in the questions that we're facing that day and and to go above and beyond and not to just read the Bible and study the Bible, but to rightly apply the Bible and to ask those questions. Uh, what, What a blessing. Do you know if that's something that he just sort of came up with on his own, or did he, is that something that someone had done for him or that he had learned somewhere along the way? Honestly, he doesn't even really remember doing it. When I've told him this, you know, about this, mm-hmm. uh, wow. these experiences that I've had with him you know, at breakfast, he remembers going to breakfast. He just doesn't remember what we talked about. <laughs> and, uh, wow. and so obviously it made a big impression on me, and it's something that I've carried with me for a long time. Mm. I don't think it was part of a plan. It was just he was thinking about these things, and so he talked with me about them, mm. and but it left a huge uh, a huge impact uh, in me, e- even when, uh, it, frankly, a lot of the things that he and I talked about didn't necessarily prepare me for questions that I would encounter later. It wasn't as though he anticipated any of the sure. objections to the faith that I would that I would later on have to answer as a, a young adult. But he had already established this pattern in me that if I didn't know the answer, there probably was an answer out there. Mm. And I just needed to figure out how to find it. Mm. And uh, and so it left a big mark. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that we have learned here at the Ambassadors Forum as we've you know, trained ourselves and also given training to others that lifestyle apologetics is so effective. And yes. so it's, you know, if, if you send somebody away to a conference or a teaching or have them read a book, that can be helpful. But what really sets and lays the foundation is that just lifestyle every single day, like you said, when you're curious, look for the answer. And we mm-hmm. believe in a God who has revealed himself and wants us to know the answer and wants us to know him. And so what a beautiful example and role model from your dad um and i I think it's even more special that he didn't even realize he was doing it you know he's Mm -hmm. just like look this is just how i live my life i i disciple my kids by just being there and by sharing with them the questions that i'm wrestling through and uh, give them an example to follow what a beautiful picture yeah Well, you are a pastor at Lake Bible Church, which is a local congregation in the Portland area, really known for solid biblical teaching and a a faithful ministry to our community here. What has been the need for apologetics that you've seen in your church, both in the adults and the youth? Well, I mean, in general, I think apologetics has been growing in popularity over the last few decades. People are beginning to ask deeper questions about uh, the, the, the facts or, or arguments that, that support or undergird a lot of the claims of the Christian faith. Hmm. Even the best churches are often very good at explaining what the Bible teaches us and what solid uh, biblical doctrine is. But uh, much less often uh, is it true that that we talk about the facts or the arguments that underlie Mm. those basic tenets of the Christian faith. So how do we know that Jesus was the promised Messiah? How do we know that he rose from the dead? The the Bible tells us so, uh, but how do we know that the testimonies in the Bible are trustworthy? How do we know that these books belong in the canon of Scripture and other books don't? Um, how do we know that any God exists at all or that it must be the God of the Bible? 
So my church historically has not spent a great deal of time discussing those arguments, those facts, uh, and understandably so, I think, because my pastor, he is wonderful and he's a great expositor, in my opinion, and but he sees it as his primary responsibility on Sunday mornings to bring the word and to let it do the speaking as much as possible. And I right. think that that's I think that's true. I think it's good. Human argumentation to support the word has been considered sort of a separate ministry from the Sunday sermonizing. Mm. And I think that's appropriate. So, and I think most churches see it that way. So you can understand why churches like mine would tend to focus on explaining and applying scripture and spend less time, at least on Sunday mornings, making a case for its reliability and authority or making any arguments to support the big claims of scripture. But then when people share the gospel today, it's in an increasingly skeptical world, they necessarily run into questions uh, that will be designed to poke holes in the Bible as a reliable authority or or poke holes in the existence of God or the resurrection of Christ. And if they've never considered these questions before, they could be surprised and confused and even embarrassed that they have no good answers to support the basic tenets of their mm. faith. And then the question arises, why has my church never discussed this? Mm. And that can happen today at younger and younger ages, even starting in high school and middle school. And I've seen just within our church too many high schoolers that mm. have graduated and gone off to college, and it seems like the very next year they've already walked away from the faith. Mm. And uh, the adults in our church are really just, they're, they're hungry for answers to some of these questions because they're having to be confronted with these questions in their own relationships um, with neighbors and with friends and family. And so when, they, when we started to teach apologetics at our church, it was received really well. People really wanted answers to a lot of these things. Yeah, you bring up a great point there. And I think a lot of uh, people, a lot of families come to apologetics because of a very practical problem that they're facing, which is the either their children or their grandchildren are questioning and they're coming up with questions that they don't have the answers to, or <laughs> even worse, they're starting to see their children or their grandchildren walk away from the faith, like you said. And so I think sometimes a lot of people are in a pretty desperate situation, and they say, you know what, I really need help because, and in our hearts, we know the Bible is true. We've been convinced of it in our lives. We've seen the fruit of God's ministry in our lives. But sometimes we just need a little bit of help in connecting the dots yeah. and saying, okay, I know all these pieces, these separate pieces are true. What's the framework that holds it all together? And there's lots of great ministries out there that uh, explain a biblical worldview. And once I started looking at the world through that lens of needing a biblical worldview, it made it so much easier to learn from the Bible and to apply the Bible. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a great way to, to understand it and, and explain it. You also talked about you know, the increasing skepticism in today's world. And I know that, you know, uh, politically and socially, the climate in the U.S. just continues to intensify. The last, you know, 
uh, decade, the last couple of years, even the last year or two with the pandemic and everything like that, the, the world just seems to be caught in a tailspin. What opportunities do you see for strong biblical apologetics to offer people hope in our communities today? Well, I think the first thing to say there is that um, apologetics, it, it really serves evangelism. The, the whole goal of biblical apologetics is always in conjunction with sharing the gospel of Jesus or in answering challenging questions or objections around the gospel message. And the the only hope uh, or meaning or purpose anybody has for any area of their life is is really only found through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Whether we are talking about eternal hope or hope in our relationships or in our present circumstances, hope really only exists in Jesus. But today in particular, as you mentioned, our social and political climate has become so intense. American people have become so divided over politics and religion, over race, over gender, even over the lives of unborn children. It seems like there's almost nothing that society at large agrees on anymore. And those divisions are getting more and more heated and tribalistic. And all the romanticized Hollywood maxims, they've all been proven to be useless. You can follow, <laughs> you can follow your heart all day long, singing along with John Lennon that all you need is love and, and strive to heal the world and make it a better place for you and me, the entire human race. But ultimately, we are all finding out now that none of that has worked. Mm. Things have only gotten worse. And the answer has not been inside you all along. Um, So where can we turn for real healing to such divisions? And the only place to turn is Jesus. And I think that while this social and political climate has made some people more strident and unwilling to listen to differing ideas, more and more people are beginning to stop and say, I think we need to try something else. (laughs) And what what do you got? (laughs) Well... Mm. I think Jesus and the gospel can unite all peoples of all races and backgrounds. But they might ask, isn't Jesus a myth? Well, no, there are real evidential reasons to believe that the gospels are true, accurate accounts. Mm. And they might say, really? Well, yeah, let me tell you. (laughs) So, and in this way, apologetics can bring a lot of hope to an increasingly dark social climate. I mean, and just look at churches. I mean, here in Portland, the overall population is pretty overwhelmingly white. And so naturally, most of the people in all of our churches around this area are are predominantly white, and Lake Bible is no different. Mm. But we are celebrating the minorities that worship with us, Africans and Chinese and Japanese, people from India and the Middle East. Mm. And Jesus makes it possible. He is the common ground between all of us from all of our various backgrounds. And it makes me think of uh, Dr. Vadi Bakum, who's, you know, a a black pastor who is one of my favorite speakers living today, Mm. who used to pastor an all-black church and and realized, wait a second, the church is supposed to be diverse. The church Mm. is supposed to be, you know, all the peoples of the world coming together over Christ. And so he moved to a different church that was willing to make anybody feel at home. Mm. And I think that that's just a beautiful picture of what Jesus offers a divided culture like ours. 
not only eternal hope, although that's the main thing, but also just healing in the present day. Jesus did say that he didn't—he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. You know, he mm-hmm. set himself in opposition to sin in the world, mm-hmm. and that will always be the case. But within the walls of the church, the peace of Christ is what reigns. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that is what apologetics has to offer. Mm-hmm. I like how you brought up some of the other churches in Portland who are facing the same kind of challenges and cultural pressure that you and I you know, live every day. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen here at Southwest Hills is people are hungry. People are hungry for the truth. They're hungry for the application that they see comes from a biblical worldview taught in apologetics, as we discussed before. That's one of our focuses for our ministry moving forward in the next year or two or in several years, is the idea that other churches in the Portland area would get a hold of this vision and say, what I've seen at Southwest Hills, what I've seen at Lake Bible, what I've seen at some of these other churches, and it's not a denomination thing, I want to see that same apologetics ministry kind of grow organically from the ground up because of the needs and the desires of the people here. So that's one of the things that we are seeing God do is raise up people in their churches. So if you're out there listening to this radio show today and this is striking a chord with you, if this is resonating something in you, I hope that you reach out to us. We've got lots of resources on how you can be an active participant in this apologetics ministry, how you can bring these kinds of materials into your own church. So reach out to us. You can contact us at info at the ambassadorsforum.com. I-N-F-O at the ambassadorsforum.com. So Brian, let me change gears a little bit here and make this a little more personal. Uh, As we mentioned in the bio, you have four small children in your home, and I understand you and your wife have uh, even started some homeschooling now. What has apologetics looked like in your own family? How have you translated what you've now seen as what I would call college-level learning in apologetics into that elementary school application with your kids. How have you done that? Sure. We just started homeschooling one of our our oldest child. He's okay. 10 years old. Okay. The others are attending a Christian school right now. But in our house, teaching apologetics has been something that it, it just kind of happens organically, very much sort of like what I described with my dad. Mm. Just conversations uh, over the dinner table as we learn about God and his word and his creation together. My other kids are, you know, eight, six, and four, so they're pretty young. Mm. So, of course, the, the conversations are kind of brought down to their level, you know, but it just kind of spills out of me as those conversations turn to topics or things about the Christian faith where an apologetic has relevance and and can maybe even drive the point home stronger. Mm. Well, here's the last question. I know you are preparing a specific lecture on a critical race theory. In your experience, is that something that is on the church's doorstep, or do you think it's already inside the church? Um, I think it, it depends on what churches we're looking at. 
but I do think critical race theory is a, a huge problem right now in a lot of churches all over the place. I know many people in Portland churches that have reported to me that critical race theory is becoming a primary focus in their church, mm-hmm. um, particularly in a, a lot of charismatic churches from what I'm hearing. Um, thankfully, I, I haven't seen it promoted by anyone in our church, our, our pastor's Preaching tends to effectively separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. <laughs> so anybody who's adopted those sorts of ideologies would would find his preaching pretty uncomfortable, mm. even though he doesn't really speak directly to those political issues on Sunday mornings. Mm. But the, the fact of the matter is that critical theories in general are just a, a terminal cancer for a functioning society. Mm. Um, and for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, critical theories in a nutshell would argue that our society is just uh, a never-ending struggle for power between races, between genders, between gay and straight people, cisgendered and transgendered people, and the dominant group is always trying to maintain dominance through prejudice, racism, sexism, general oppression, um, so, and, and unless you've been hiding under a rock for the last 20 years, you probably could guess that the dominant group in America is supposed to be uh, white, straight, cisgendered, male, and probably Christians. We are the ultimate oppressors of every other race and gender, etc., according to this worldview. And so when you divide up a church into oppressed and oppressor classes based on race and sex and so on, uh, what do you figure that does to the unity within the body of Christ? Mm. When I am told, if if I'm a minority person, that that people like you, straight white people, are oppressing people like me, mm. you might not even be doing it purposefully, but according to this theory, you are doing it. Mm. And uh, I mean, we at Lake Bible Church, uh, we have mixed race married couples in our church. If if a black woman believed that her white husband was unwittingly oppressing her, mm. uh, what does that do to their marriage? What mm. what would that do to her relationships with her other white friends or her brothers and sisters in Christ? Mm. This this ideological framework necessarily sows only really division in the people that accept it, and this is this is not a biblical view of race. It's and it's not a biblical view of gender or or our society in general. Our problem is not oppression; it is sin, mm. and and that problem has been solved at the cross. But if critical race theory is to be believed, there is a kind of sin between people that the cross apparently doesn't touch, and it's mm. not sufficient to solve, and that. This this oppression, this sin between us drives a wedge between people that Jesus alone cannot bridge. Mm. Uh, according to critical race theory, the, the solution is not repentance and, and forgiveness and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Rather, the oppressed must simply fight back against their oppressors to take back their power. Mm. And, and until the balance of power shifts toward a different group, then we must fight against that group and on and on forever. And that just, that can't be a description of the life of the Church of Jesus Christ. We are to be characterized by our love for one another, as John says in his first epistle, mm. not this ongoing battle for power. And uh, unfortunately, I do think it is it is within a lot of churches, and increasingly churches like mine that don't have this within our walls are probably going to have to start 
encountering this uh, as we share Christ in our local area within our our increasingly secularized culture. This is going to become something that we're going to have to contend with on a more and more regular basis. Mm. Yeah, the way you described it there, that does stand in absolute opposition to the truth that God describes in the Bible. Ultimately, Jesus is the victor. Ultimately, Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things, there's something on the outside that is good. You know, people should not be a oppressed. Uh, The the weak should be protected. There are some appealing things mixed into the foundation um, that is appealing to people, and it's Mm -hmm. it's too bad that that they don't see it for what it is, which is a absolutely uh, anti-biblical worldview. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you for sharing with us your your heart and your life and some of the knowledge um, that you've learned over the years in your own study of apologetics. Uh, Thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Now, how about you? Are you seeing some of the young people in your life struggling with the tough questions that our culture is coming at them with? Do you see some of them walking away from their faith? Do you want to help, but you don't know how? The Ambassadors Forum is here to help you get equipped. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com for a lot of helpful resources. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.